even though it doesn't say here in scripture that people start adding superstition to this later on that's just historical but i mean in many things we still do that to this day just adding stuff in that just shouldn't be added in to our churches but it's just important to get back into the word to really understand who god is because we can't be angry at god we can't be upset with god we can't be frustrated with god because of what people do and because we don't know who god is Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Well, hey guys, happy Monday, and thanks for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast. And you know what? I never asked you guys if you like the new intro that I've been doing where I put the little clip in the front. I'm just trying out new things to see how things flow together. And, uh, you know, I just went to a um, podcasting conference actually last week, and I had a lot of fun with it. It was really interesting, and I got to meet some interesting people and learn a lot of stuff. And the one thing that I picked out, well, not the one thing, but the one thing that applies today is I picked out that, you know, podcasts are always changing. So I have to not be afraid to like switch things up a little bit. (laughs) So there might be more changes coming in the future, but we'll see what those are. I haven't quite decided how to apply the information I've gotten from the podcast convention yet because there was really a ton of information and I'm having a hard time just like wrapping my mind around it. (laughs) But let's go ahead and talk about Leviticus chapter 16 today, verses 20 through 28. And I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version this morning, as I always do. Please feel free, like I always say, to uh, read out the version that you prefer to read out of, the one that you're most comfortable with. Make sure to grab that cup of coffee. And, you know, today we're going to actually be talking about the Day of Atonement and kind of more about this scapegoat. I know I discussed that a little bit a couple days ago, but um, I'm looking forward to talking more about this because there's so much information on the scapegoat and so much uh, analogies, so many analogies that go along with it. It's going to be kind of fun to break some of those down today and talk about what the scapegoat really is. So like I said, let's read Leviticus 16, 20 through 28. When he is a finished atoning for the holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall present the live goat. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel, all their transgressions, and even all their sins. And he shall put them on the head of the goat and shall send him away into the wilderness by a hand of a man who is ready. The goat shall carry all their iniquities on himself to a solitary land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness." 
Aaron shall come into the tent of meeting and shall take off the linen garments which he put on when he went into the holy place and shall leave them there. Then he shall bathe himself in water in a holy place, put on his garments and come out and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people and make atonement for himself and for the people. The fat of the sin offering he shall burn on the altar. He who lets the goat go as the scapegoat shall wash his clothes and bathe his flesh in water and afterward he shall come into the camp. The bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, shall be carried outside the camp, and they shall burn their skins, their flesh, and their dung with fire. He who burns them shall wash his clothes and bathe his flesh in water, and afterward he shall come into the camp. So if you guys have been listening in and tuning in to some of the previous podcast episodes I did about uh, the different burnt offerings, and even the Day of Atonement, when we started talking about it, a lot of this stuff seems kind of repetitive, but there's a lot of different themes here going on, even in these, you know, nine verses that are kind of interesting. The first theme is this theme of atonement we see with the live goat, or in other words, the scapegoat, and that literally means the escape goat. <laughs> so the goat that got away, the one that was chosen to allow to be let free, if that makes sense. And so this atonement was happening because Aaron, the high priest, would place all of the sins on this goat, which is really interesting because uh, we often see Aaron placing the sins onto the burnt offering and the different offerings. But in this case, the sins are laid on the scapegoat for the day of atonement specifically and only on this day. And I find that really interesting because that is exactly what Jesus did for us. In a way, you and I are the scapegoats. You know, we're the ones that have the sin. We're the ones that have all the iniquities. In fact, it mentions three different words for iniquity here in uh, verse 21. It says, Aaron shall lay their transgressions on the goat, their sins and their iniquities of the children of Israel. So that's three words for sin. So this was a very monumentous thing. This was, uh, you know, Aaron laying all of the sins of the children of Israel onto this scapegoat, the goat that got away. So when he lays his hands on the scapegoat and transfers all the sin of the community of Israel onto the scapegoat, the scapegoat is then led away into the wilderness. It was not supposed to be killed. It was supposed to just be led away into the wilderness. It was a show. That was exactly what it was. It was an analogy of what God was doing for us. In a way, we are the scapegoat. And this other goat that was supposed to be the sacrifice was the innocent sacrifice for all of the people of Israel. And one thing I said, I think it was last week at some point, I said, you know, I am interested by um, how much God dislikes sacrifices. Even in the law, he doesn't tell the people to like bring tons and tons of sacrifices. Like it's one goat for the entire congregation of Israel that could take the sins away from the people. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, that to me, that's really interesting that God doesn't require tons and tons of animal sacrifices in the Old Testament. And yes, there would have to be a lot of sacrifices because people kept sinning over and over and over. And that was kind of the point of animal sacrifices was to show people their um, their fault, you know, that an innocent animal 
an innocent thing has to die because of them. That's the entire point of animal sacrifice. But, you know, it's just one goat here was able to be the innocent sacrifice for a community of people that was about two million people. That's a lot of people for one goat. But the cool thing is, you know, the scapegoat, going back to that, is this goat that had all the sins laid on it was allowed to go free. The one with the sins did not die. The innocent one, the innocent goat was the one that died almost in place of this other goat that carried the sins, you know, that had the sins. The innocent goat was the one who died in the place of this sinful goat in a way. (laughs) And, you know, that is just an absolute analogy of what Jesus did for us. Jesus was the perfect, innocent sacrifice that didn't have sin, but died for us so that we could be the scapegoats. And even though we have all of the the sin, the iniquity, the transgressions, whatever word you want to say for sin, Jesus was the one that became the innocent sacrifice so that obviously we aren't the ones dying in that place. And so when God did this, this was to show the people what he was doing for them. And of course, later on, historically, this entire ceremony just got messed up because people added a lot of tradition into it, a lot of superstition, and eventually the scapegoat actually started becoming killed, which was not the point of this at all. The scapegoat was not supposed to be killed. It was supposed to be led away. It was supposed to be set free. And so the people later on started killing the scapegoat because they didn't want it wandering back into camp. And so they would like toss the goat off of a mountain. And see, that's just twisting what God is doing here. And aren't we really good at that? (laughs) Humans are really, really good at taking something meaningful like this and making it something twisted. And so that scapegoat later on when the people started tossing it off the cliff to kill it so that it wouldn't wander back into camp, it, they didn't understand the point of what was happening here. They didn't get it because they didn't understand God's heart. They didn't understand who God was. And they were putting superstition and tradition into this ceremony and completely twisting it. So that's something that I kind of want to touch on today is just how often do we do that now in the churches? You know, how often do we take superstition and just like put them into the church as God's word? I think we need to be really, really careful of that because I came from a very fundamental background, very fundamental church. And, uh, you know, fundamentalism isn't always bad. In fact, I, I believe it's good. But this was a very legalistic fundamental church. And legalistic means a lot of superstition involved. For example, um, growing up, my pastor taught that women needed to wear dresses all the time, skirts, and they had to be skirts below the knee. So they had to be modest skirts. And men, of course, would have to wear ties and suits and whatever else. And so this is wrong. This is that was taking away from the focus of what God is really trying to tell us and making it a chore, making it something miserable. (laughs) There was a lot of things like that. I can remember growing up in that church that was like that, you know, like, for example, um, even our worship music, we were not allowed to have a drum set at my old church. 
So we just sang these boring, boring choruses. And, you know, it was mostly just vocals. But some people don't worship in that way. And now that I'm in like a church band that has drums and an electric guitar and a bass and every other instrument, it's just fun to play worship music to God and worship in that way. And not just through voices. And, you know, it, stuff like that, that, that legalism, or in other words, superstition and twisting of what God has to say and putting in a, that into the churches, I believe is very dangerous. And it takes away from who God really is. These kinds of things that happen in churches make people angry. And so we often hear the term like deconstructing faith now where they're like literally deconstructing their faith and it it makes them angry at God because of the church experiences that they went through. And so that's why I believe that, you know, adding stuff in and twisting things, adding superstition into the churches is taking away from a personal relationship with God because now these people are following these rules without really knowing who God is. And I just had a young man over at my house last night and my husband and I had dinner with him and he's actually our youth intern. He, he was on the podcast once before and his name is Casey. And he was telling me yesterday a little bit about his testimony. And he said that when he was a 15 year old teenager, he said that um, he remembers being so angry at God. He was so angry and he was yelling at God. And he said, God, I am so angry at you. And he says he remembers just hearing this voice or having this thought that said, you can't be angry at me if you don't know who I am. And I, that was really cool because how often do we do that? You know, we, we forget who God is. And same thing here with this scapegoat. God was showing us our freedom that we have in him because of this innocent sacrifice. God was showing the freedom that we have, even though we have sin. And yet people later on started twisting this and adding stupid stuff into it and forgetting the heart behind it, that God was like showing us our freedom. And we have so much freedom in Christ. So I think that that is something important that we can take from this here, even though it doesn't say here in scripture that people start adding superstition to this later on. That's just historical. But I mean, in many things, we still do that to this day, just adding stuff in that just shouldn't be added in to our churches. But it's just important to get back into the word to really understand who God is, because We can't be angry at God. We can't be upset with God. We can't be frustrated with God because of what people do and because we don't know who God is. And so that kind of, I mean, I could rabbit trail about this forever, (laughs) but I was going to say, you know, like even the Levitical law, people kind of nowadays kind of get mad at God, like, oh, God is so mean, but it's because they don't really understand the heart of God because A lot of people don't really want to go back and really read this and research it and see what was happening here and why God was putting animal sacrifices in place, why God was doing this scapegoat thing, you know, why this stuff was happening. So that's why I think it is just so important to stay in scripture, read it and understand it and understand what God was doing and why he was doing it. But to move on here, it says here that um, Aaron 
was supposed to offer the two offerings while this man was leading this scapegoat into the wilderness. So it says that he was supposed to bathe himself in water, Aaron was, in the holy place, put on his garments and come out to offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people. So this is when Aaron would come out and offer the bull of the sacrifice for himself first, because obviously he has to be freed from sin in order to help the the community, the people that he's supposed to be helping. So he offers his own sacrifice first, and then he is supposed to offer the goat sacrifice for the rest of the people to make atonement for them. And atonement means reparation or payment or reconciliation of God and humankind. But then after this, it says that... Um, the man who gets back from doing that scapegoat thing, he has to come back and he has to wash his clothes and bathe in water. And afterwards, he is allowed to come into the camp. And at that point, basically this entire atonement day ceremony was done with for the most part, except for um, the very last thing, which was the sin offering. So the sin offering would be part of the bull and part of the goat, like we talked about before, where it would have to go and be burned outside of the camp. And so that represented the removal of sin from the camp completely. And so that that's how it would end. This is this is how it ends. It says that a person would have to take part of the bull and goat sacrifice and take it outside of the camp as a sin offering. And this would be like the nasty stuff. This would be like the the dirt and the poop and the <laughs> and like the skin and stuff like the the stuff that we wouldn't eat and just like the kind of gross stuff, like that stuff all represented sin. And so that stuff would be taken outside of the camp, showing the removal of sin from the people. And isn't that interesting? Just how much symbolism we see with all of this, how we can see like Jesus fulfilled every single one of these prophecies with everything pretty much. You know, he was the innocent sacrifice. We were all the scapegoats. I mentioned the other day that actually Barabbas was basically a symbol of the scapegoat, right? Because he was the sinful guy that uh, was allowed to escape from his punishment because of Jesus. And then, yeah, I mean, and then on top of that, Jesus, who became, in a way, the sin offering, he was taken outside of the camp and crucified there. So it's just so cool, like looking through all this stuff, how we see that now, like Jesus fulfilled every single one of these things, and that's why we don't do this stuff anymore is because Jesus already did it for us. So we don't have to do it anymore, which is uh, kind of nice. <laughs> and God did away with all that uh, death of the animals as well through Jesus's sacrifice. So friends, I'm so glad you tuned in with me today. And today, you know, we talked about the atonement. We talked about the scapegoat and how the scapegoat was led into the wilderness, symbolizing us, basically, how we have freedom, even though we have sins, basically. And we also talked about how it's important to put God into the church and not superstition. But friends, thanks for tuning into this episode. And obviously, friends, you know, I do this these episodes uh, every weekday, but on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do an episode out of the New Testament. So definitely tune in tomorrow because we're going to be talking about Luke chapter three tomorrow and why Jesus had to be baptized. Hmm. I've talked about it before, but we'll have to see what new things Luke brings into this and what we can talk about with Jesus's baptism tomorrow. So tune in tomorrow, 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up for an episode out of Luke chapter three. Friends and faithful listeners, I'm still doing that giveaway. 
And I will drop a link to that giveaway in the bio of this podcast episode. And guys, I just have to yell at all of you. Do the giveaway. (laughs) It's there for you guys. No one has done it yet. So click on it and do it so that you can win something nice. And I've had a few people tell me, they're like, even though we want to win the stuff, we can just buy it from you to support you. And like I had one uh, guy actually do that. But the giveaway is there so that you can do it and possibly win something. But Joseph, thank you so much for your support. Nonetheless, I do appreciate it. But for the rest of you, do the giveaway. And once again, that will be in the bio of this podcast episode. But friends and faithful listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. Happy listening and God bless. 